Well, good morning. Looks like uh, each week we get a little bit less heat, and uh, we're able to sit out here. I love looking out here, and I love seeing, especially as I watch the kids, and they kind of pull out their blankets, and possibly they even hear a few things that are said up here. I'm not sure. Well, if you've been uh, following us, Ben and Nick have kind of introduced and uh, the story of Isaiah. And if you remember, Isaiah was a prophet that would be very, very difficult with the assignment that was given him. God told him, Isaiah, there's a word that these people need. My people need to hear a word, for they have uh, changed loyalties. They have changed gods. And, but by the way, they're not going to listen to you. And uh, sometimes I, I challenge myself when I come here and think, well, God, it seems like I say these things. Number one, am I listening to my own words? but are people listening to you? It can be really discouraging. And the people of Isaiah in chapter 30, they said, please don't prophesy to us the things that are right and true. Give us some pleasurable, enjoyable words. And I think sometimes we do that. We, we like to have things where we leave and say, wow, that, I felt good when I left that sermon. I, that was really a neat thing. And yet we are in a spirit of an age today where a lot of times we should not feel so good always when we leave. We ought to feel somewhat of the hand of God on us and every character in the Bible that I have ever studied, when they came across the character of God, they fell to their face and to their knees and they said, woe is me, I'm undone. I'm standing in the presence of a holy God. But the cool thing is when that happened, then people are brought to a place of repentance that leads to life. And that word there means the fullness of the fruits of joy and whatever. So I think we have to get honest with ourselves about where we are and what kind of loyalty uh, are we committed to. When I speak to a lot of people, they know that I at least uh, am a Christian or at least I represent that and I believe in the word of God. And so I have a lot of people tell me that uh, yeah, the, the Word of God is my authority, and yet I challenge us today to think about what does that mean when we say the Word of God, Jesus incarnate and, and revealing himself through the Spirit in the Word, is it our authority? And uh, I, I'm at least saddened sometimes in my own life and in other people's lives that when you and I pick and choose what portion of Scripture we're going to believe today, and maybe we won't believe this one today, we'll just work on this one today, just to make clear, then the Word of God is not your authority. You have become your own authority to choose and pick uh, what you're going to believe. And I give that preface because it's a preface that Isaiah gave, a preface uh, that Isaiah told the people, and he said that uh, there's some things that are going to be hard for you to hear. And so today we are going to have some things that I think can be really encouraging, but I think they can be really hard. As we look at Isaiah, and we're looking at the story of Hezekiah in chapters 36, 37, 38, and 39. And you'll hear the story of the king of Assyria and what took place back then. And I think we're supposed to kind of get ourselves put in that era, put in that thing of how were they responding at the time but periodically throughout the book, he is saying, I'm not just writing this to them now, but those that will believe in the future. I believe that's us. And I believe that we live in an age somewhat like what uh, was challenging to Hezekiah. And if you'll remember the story, the king of Assyria, he, he's a, it's a very strong army. They've defeated everybody they've came up against. 
And so he sends some boys. He sends his generals, and he says, I think you need to take off, and you need to ride over, and you need to tell Hezekiah that he's a complete fool. He's crazy for what he's telling his people. And what he was telling his people is, don't be fearful. God's going to deliver us. And so the people come and they tell the, the men of Hezekiah and they say, it is crazy. You, you need to hear this. You need to hear what we're saying. You are believing in a God who has not delivered you from all of the people that we have attacked. You're crazy to do it. Every testimony looks like your God's not real. And your people are foolish. They're walking around chasing a God that doesn't seem to be present. He seems to be somewhere else. And by the way, it's that same God that I talked to about coming and attacking you. And so uh, he tells it to Hezekiah's people. Hezekiah's people, they are greatly disturbed. And uh, they go to King Hezekiah and they said, here's what uh, the king of Assyria has said, that we're fools to follow you, that, that it's foolish. You've demonstrated nothing to demonstrate that you are a God that's going to deliver from these things. And Hezekiah ripped the clothes and put on sackcloth. He knelt down and he goes before God and he prays before God. And uh, he, he makes a prayer that basically says, this is what it looks like, God, but I will still hold true to who you are. I will still not change my allegiance to who you are. A verse that says in Psalm 83, it says, They lay crafty plans against your people. They consult together against your treasured ones. They say, Come, let us wipe them out as a people. Let the name of Christianity be remembered no more. Oh, it was Israel that they said. For they conspire with one accord against you, and they make a covenant to destroy you. Let them be put to shame, Hezekiah says, and dismayed forever. Let them perish in disgrace that they may know that you alone, whose name is the Lord, are the most high in all the earth. Now, when Psalm 64 was written, I don't think that when uh, David transcribed this, that he had in mind what we in today have in mind. But I find that the word is relevant today. Matter of fact, it seems like it was written for today. And Psalm 64 reads something that, in my mind, when I read it, it says, this sounds so much like social media. This sounds so much like what we are being told uh, over our televisions and over the news and over our phones. And yet, it seems like we're kind of being uh, deceived in some things. And it's creating fear in a people. It says, hear my voice, O God, in my complaint. Preserve my life from the dread of this enemy. They hide me from the secret counsel of these evildoers, from the torment of those who are doing iniquity. They've sharpened their tongue like a sword. They aim bitter speech as their arrows to shoot from concealment at the blameless. Suddenly they shoot at them. They do not fear because they hold fast for themselves an evil purpose. They talk of laying snares secretly. They say, who can see us? And they devise an injustice saying, we are ready with a well-conceived plot. If we say it often enough, they will believe us. For the inward thoughts of a heart of a man are deep, and only God can bring about the truth. I don't know about you, but that sounds like media today. It sounds like the things that we hear. And the thing is, we don't know which part is true. 
I talk to reliable people that tell me something over here. I talk to people that seem just as reliable. And we're being bombarded by all kinds of information that I'm not sure who, what we believe in. We are a confused people today. And then you, you bring in what's happening on our front with the COVID, and you bring on what's happening with our political world. And it's confusing. We don't know what to believe. You hear one thing, and we all throw our mask on. You believe another, you take your mask on. And we just run back and forth, helter-skelter, and we're chasing. And it reminds me of in James when, when God says, there are only two types of wisdom, and if you lack it, ask me of it. And he said, the two types of wisdom are this. There is one that's pure. It's holy. It unites people together. It seeks after the things of God. And there is another wisdom of this world. It's unspiritual. It's jealousy. It's strife. It divides. It separates people from one another. It is demonic. Now, folks, if you didn't hear that, there are only two types of wisdom. One from above and one that's demonic. There's no in-between wisdom. So what I want to do is challenge us today and see if you can join with me in this challenge. Who is our enemy and who, would, who are we fighting? I believe I see people that are so against one another. I see brothers and sisters speak against people. They dined and had sweet fellowship together. And they're arguing over things. And, they're, and people that are saying the, the whites are hating the blacks and the Caucasians are hating this. We've got a mess going on in this world. And a lot of it's amongst believers. And I believe what was pointed out here back to Hezekiah is pointed today. I believe we're fighting the wrong enemy. God says that, he said, who is your enemy? In Ephesians, he says, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might and put on the whole armor of God that you may stand against the schemes of this devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. There's no human beings. The media that are made up of human beings, they're not your enemy. The doctors that are giving you information is not your enemy. That other person's got a different skin than you is not your enemy. God says, we are not wrestling against flesh and blood, against the root, but we are wrestling against rulers, authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil that are hiding themselves. And they make us look at one another like they're the enemy, and we will forever separate and divide and forever begin to pick at each other. But I believe if we as a people will join together and see who's the enemy and how do you fight this enemy, we will conquer and we will represent the living Christ in a way that would make attractive this life rather than the tr a life that people don't want anything to do with. 2 Corinthians says, for though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh, but we are warring against these, our warfare is against divine, powerful strongholds. We're destroying all these arguments and these lofty uh, belief systems that are held up against the word of God, and we want to catch those and take them captive to the word of God. 1 Peter says, be sober-minded, be watchful for your adversary. Who is your adversary? The devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion. He's seeking to devour people. And he says, how does he devour? What is the main method of this enemy? His main method is deception. He brings deceptions and makes us believe things that aren't true. So we fight battles that can't be won. And so if we'll begin to look at it, what is happening? What happens with these, uh, these things that cause us to live in fear? Now, I think it's absolutely, let me stop for a minute and say, I think it's wise for us to pay attention to information. 
It says the wise men, the wise woman, they look ahead, they're prudent, they look and investigate. I think so if you go ahead and you say, well, let's look at even where we are today and why we're meeting outside today. It's because of a, uh, a disease. And we say, well, what's wise about this? How can I be wise? And then begin to lean into what God lays on your heart. And if God says, I want you to be wise and wear a mask, then you need to be faithful to wear the masks. And those of you that are not wearing the mask because in some way in your belief system you think it's stupid, Romans 14 says you need to stop judging your brother and honor them wearing a mask and lay down your own life and around them wear your mask. And those of you that are told to wear the mask and if somebody seems to be free in their own mind and their own beliefs that they don't have to, quit judging them for not wearing the masks. You see how we're turned against one another? Guys, we have a chance to do what Hezekiah did. We have a chance to come back and take this ground. And here's what I think has happened that causes this fear to begin to be so big in our lives. Because your circumstances are way bigger than your God. My circumstances are way bigger than my God. And if that's the case, then we have to live in fear. We have to live in a way that we fight against this one another. But I want you to see something right now. If you go way back to when Pastor Ben Green came to this place, God put on his heart uh, a series of messages. The first messages given here were the seven signs of God and his power. Do you remember that? That God took sick people and made them well. He took dead people and made them alive. He took poor people and he opened fish up and gave them food. He told the weather to stop their storms and they stood still. Well, I want you to come back with me now and let's go back to who this God is that basically we can put our trust in and where we can be able to stand and be able to boldly stand. Hezekiah, after he went ahead and he said, we're, we're not going to win. We're not going to win. And God said, you just watch. And he sent angels that wiped out 185,000 people in one night against an army, and the king that boasted himself against God, his brothers, his sons came and killed him, and he wiped them out. This is not just representing a person of a king. It's representing our enemy of the principalities and powers that are there. It says in Psalm 148, it says, Do you not know that you hold in your hand the word of God and praises in your other hand? And the high praises of his saints carry out the sentence that's been executed against the demons and principalities. We have the ability in our praise and holding firm to the word of God to exercise against the right enemy, not one another. We stand together as one. God's commitment was to be unified. He says, as the Father and I are one, would you please be one? And be consistent with the things that make you one. And so he says, and to demonstrate, Hezekiah, you're sick. And they said, you're going to die. You won't live. And, I've even, and uh, Elijah even said, you're not going to live. And Hezekiah, once again, fell on his knees. And he said, oh, God, may I please see more life. Because I can't praise you from the grave. I can't read about you and tell my children about you. And God said, all right, I'll add 15 more years to your life. And he said, how am I going to do that? How am I going to know you're going to do that? Now, I don't know if this is going to hit you like it hit me, but I was hushed when I read this. He said, here's what I'm going to do, because I am the God of the cosmics. You all know by now, even your little kids, 
how our world and our earth rotates and spins and, and it rotates. And the speed of the earth spinning, right now it's spinning and gravity holds us here, otherwise we'd be flying all over the place. And he says, not only am I going to stop the rotation of the earth, I'm going to stop it and spin it backwards for 30 minutes. And the shadows are going to go backwards for 30 minutes, and he does it. That's the God that we're talking about here. That's the God who is saying, you can believe me. I will carry out what I have promised. You don't have to be fearful of this. Now, I'm not a prophet, and I can't prophesy what's going to happen in America, and what's going to happen with this virus, or what's going to happen with the political world, what's going to happen with our economy, because I don't think it's given. But I can prophesy this, and you can take it to the bank. God says that I am a God that is a covenant God, and I am committed to my people. And he says, and no one will thwart what my plans are for my people. And I can say this to you right now. He says, I will preserve a remnant for the rest of my days for eternity. And no one will strike down my remnant. People, that is you and me. He says, it's not the Jews that are those outwardly. It's those that are Jews inwardly where they've been circumcised in their heart. And their heart has been cut open and let the life of Christ come in. And he says, I have a commitment to them. And if that's you, he has a commitment to you. You don't have to be afraid. He even goes to Joshua and he stopped the sun from rotating for a full day. He said, I'm demonstrating to you that when I make a promise to you, I'll let you know, I'll keep it. Who in the world can take and spin this earth backwards for 30 minutes? And you're not going to believe in me? The next thing he says, who's ever heard the like of this? A people that have seen what I've done and the power that I have revealed. And you're going to go ahead and de decide to believe a media that is basically of a spirit of, a, of the age of this world that is trying to annihilate the Christian community? Guys, you don't have to be afraid. You actually, it says, if you will believe these words of wisdom, your sleep will be peaceful and undisturbed throughout the whole night. That's a promise. God makes a command to all of us, and he says, I, the living God who have demonstrated my power, I've put people in positions of leadership. I've chosen every president that is there. You haven't. And don't dare speak against that president. Because if you speak against the president, you're speaking against me. I take the channels of their decisions, like channels of water, I point the direction of where they go. They think they're making decisions and they're not. Now, do you want to pick and choose to believe that or not believe that? Then you've become your own authority. At least be honest with yourself that you're your own authority. But if you're deciding to say God is my authority, then shut our mouths against our speaking against leadership. Not only the one we have now, but the ones that have been in the past. Shut our mouths. And the only way you can shut your mouth is because we laugh. We sit in the heavens and laugh and says, you have no power over our God. Our God brings out his favor and his covenant will be fulfilled. 
back in Elijah's day when they were being wiped out. And Elijah said, what are we going to do? It looks like they're going to wipe out your people again. And Elijah says to God his prayers. And he said, tell your people to come over here. And he says, tell them to open their eyes. And they opened their eyes. And it says, the mountains were full of chariots of fire. And that they said, wow, those that are with us are greater than those that are with the world. Do you guys believe this? Do you believe it? And when people try to tempt you, don't criticize them because maybe the light or the veil has not been lifted from their eyes and they want to continue to talk. But don't engage in their talk. Why would you engage in your talk when your God wins this thing? You're not going under if you're a remnant. Now, time out. If you have never heeded to the word of God and what Jesus Christ did by coming and sacrificing his life for your life and your soul and you're still pondering whether this stuff is real, you should be worried. You should be fearful. Because you are not a part of the remnant. And I encourage you today that if God calls you today is the day of salvation, that you can't free yourself in this world. You can try all you want, and you can't. Your works will fall short. And Jesus said, I will pay the due before you. And he lays on the cross and he sacrificed himself on the cross. And he looks out at you. In your own heart, it says in Isaiah. And he looked at those that would believe in the future. And even though the angels said, let's slice this world down who want to hang you. And he said, no, hold your swords. For I have people, a remnant, that are yet to believe. And he chose to forgive your sins once and for all. And he said, it is done. It is finished. Never again will I hold those sins against you. If God's tugging on your heart and you want to live in a place of being free and enjoying life to its fullest and you don't want to live in in fear, then pray this prayer in your heart. Lord Jesus, I don't understand all this. It's confusing to me, but I do know this. I cannot come to you on my own efforts. I've made every attempt to do so and I fall short in every way. Thank you that you died for me, that you sacrificed yourself for me and my sins alone. And thank you that you will draw me into your kingdom, that I can be one of your chosen people, and you will call me your own, and you will never forsake your covenant to me. And I don't understand any more of that, except for I say yes to you, Jesus, and I say it in your holy name. If you prayed that prayer right now, you fit in with our covenant. Tell some of your brothers and sisters that you can join together. And that we can begin to encourage one another. And that we can go ahead and believe in the words that God has said. Do you notice that every single message that is given or should be given, all, it has all kinds of different information and all kinds of veins on different topics. But every single message and everything in my heart that ever gets me off kilter. This whole last week I've been off kilter with some stuff that's been happening that's trivial. And it comes down to the same thing. Are you going to trust God or not? And you can't trust a God you do not know. So I encourage you to say, God, I don't know you. But oh, I want to. You said, if I will desire to know you, you will make yourself known to me. And then I can trust in you. And on the way home or during this song, if God's pierced your heart in any way, 
If you need to repent from your tongue and your gossip and your clamoring against one another and brothers, sisters, repent from it. Confess your sin to God. For this is the prayer of Hezekiah. He says this, and we close with this. Oh, Master, these are the conditions in which this people live. And yes, in, in these very conditions, my spirit is still left alive. But it's fully recovered now with a fresh infusion of your life. It seems it was good for me to go through all of these troubles. And throughout them all, you held me tight like a lifeline, and you never let me tumble over the edge into nothing. But one thing for sure you did. My sins you let go and threw them over your shoulder, never to remember them again. May the Spirit of the living God pierce your hearts today and turn it into joy instead of criticism in the name of Jesus. Amen.